athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Got it locked into another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Glad to be back. It was my wife and I's 20th anniversary celebration. We went to Hawaii on last week. Had an absolutely wonderful time. I hadn't been to Hawaii since like 1990. And so we ended up... Uh, one day we ended up actually going to Honolulu, which I've forgotten. Or really, I guess I had forgotten how really city-like Honolulu was. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 an absolutely tremendous place. We actually took <laughs> we actually took the bus, um, the uh, city bus, from the airport into downtown, where they have all kinds of. I mean, just all kinds of shopping. We actually ended up staying. So that was like a day trip. We went from, we actually stayed in Kona, Hawaii, right on the Kona side. And then you have on the other side of the Big Island. Uh, I shouldn't say on the other side. In another part, I should say, of the Big Island, you have a, um, you have a place called Hilo, which is m- much more urban. Right, it has a nice little downtown, so there were some things to kind of do there. We stayed on an, a magnificent resort right on the ocean. It was fabulous. But I'm going to say this: like I did a lot of walking. Like I kept in shape. A lot of times you go on vacation, right? And and I and I worked out a couple. I mean, I, I, I so I don't. I'm not going to say I like to work out. I don't dislike it at all. I just like to keep in shape. You know, keep my blood pressure low, keep my sugar low, keep in some kind. Of shape, and so I went to the uh, uh, to the not the spa, but to the weight room, if you will, or the workout room, a couple of days. But we so where the main entrance was, where you go and park your car, and to get to our to our place, so you had to walk. I mean the 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 property was huge, with everything was on the property, restaurants, uh, shopping. Uh, again, right on the ocean, pools all over the property. There were like three different properties. The main property where you park your car. Then there was a, another property that was a little bit further down. And then we were in the last property, which was the furthest down. Well, like I said, I mean, even if I didn't work out, I would have kept in shape because I think maybe one day we may have stayed sort of uh, on the property solely just for one day the other seven days or so we were kind of out and about but to get from our room 
to where our car was was no less than a 12-minute walk. No less. So that's, I mean, it was really about a mile. It was almost a mile, right, to get to the car. By the time you get to this, to where the, the hotel is on the initial or the main property, then by the time you walk down the steps and walk to your car where it may be, I mean, you've done a mile. I mean, you've done 15 minutes by that point. You've done a mile. Okay, now, they did on the property have like, a, I wouldn't call it a tram, but it was it, the, 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 the form of transportation was in like a tram shape, right? And uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't the slowest moving thing I'd been on. I mean, it was it was certainly air conditioned and inside and all of that. It was it, it was it was convenient, but it probably only took off maybe four minutes, which I guess was OK. It took off four minutes. And some of the days we came back haven't been out all day. I mean, we were just tired. So it was great to actually catch a little, little tram that they had, but I'm going to tell you what, if you haven't been to Hawaii, it's a great place. I mean, if you want to have it, 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 the reason I, I mean, I liked Hawaii already and wanted to go, but you don't need a passport. That's the great thing. Like it's a, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a long travel. As a matter of fact, we ended up going from RDU stopping off in, uh, let's see, Dallas, then from Dallas to LAX, and then from LAX, we ended up going to Hawaii. And that was still like a five-hour flight. So it's not, I mean, it's not short by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but very well worth it. The people were great. No, we didn't do a luau. We we decided not to. We decided in luau, get it in luau of doing a luau, we decided to actually uh, take the 45 minute flight um, from uh, where we were in Kona to Honolulu. Again, only 45 minutes, so it was great. Honolulu was absolutely tremendous. Got to eat some some of the shaved ice. Oh man, uh, the food was solid. It was it was definitely solid. We it was a place where we were in. I think in while we were still in Kona, or, or not even in Kona, we had gone somewhere. I forget. We may have gone to a waterfall or something. That was maybe, I don't know, 30 miles from where we were staying. And uh, we ended up getting some like homemade food off the side of the road. The, the ratings were really great at this place. Uh, there We just had a blast. The food was decent. And we had a blast celebrating our 20th anniversary in Hawaii. So a lot, a lot sort of transpired uh, in between the last time we talked here on the program so and by the way game one of the NBA finals between the Celtics and the Warriors already in the books and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program so coming into this series I think it goes six games and I think the Warriors are going to win the series in six games I mean I just think that when you're talking about the Warriors. You're talking about a team that is experienced. The Celtics have played well, no question about it. Able to knock off the Bucks, able to knock off the Heat. And by the way, we're going to talk about that Heat and Celtics game, Game Seven in Miami. A lot of controversy in that game, and I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about that. But the Celtics did what the Celtics, and of course, defeated the Nets in the first round. So the Celtics did what the Celtics needed to do to get to this point. And 
that gets you some experience along the way because the Celtics just played in the Eastern Conference Finals, not only just playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, but winning the Eastern Conference Finals. But there's nothing like playing in the NBA Finals. So that's another level that while Golden State has been removed from that level for three years now, the last appearance by the Warriors in 2019, when ultimately Toronto defeated the Warriors, a Kawhi Leonard-led Toronto and Kyle Lowry-led Toronto uh, Raptors defeated the Golden State Warriors. Of course, Kevin Durant went down with the Achilles injury for the uh, Warriors. Had it had it been different, had Kevin Durant been healthy, especially you're talking about three years ago. And by the way, I mean, I, 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 it's just a lot I want to talk about today. Like, I want to talk about people still talking about Kevin Durant and his legacy. Uh, Steph Curry, whether he, if he wins this championship, does he become a top 10 player? And I, and by the way, I wouldn't understand, even if, I, I wouldn't know where to put him in the top 10. That's number one. Number two, how would he leapfrog Kevin Durant, in my opinion? But that, again, we can talk uh, more about that a little bit later on in the program. But again, getting back to the Celtics and the Warriors, you know, I look at the Warriors, again, three years removed, that's fine, right? But this is a team, and, and I mean, if we're honest, if we're honest, let's go back to the Warriors series against the Grizzlies. I mean, you could have had a situation where the Warriors were up at one time, three to one, Memphis won uh, game five to make it three to two, and then the Warriors closed it out, but uh, at home, but I mean, the Grizzlies could have easily, and by, and John Morant was, you know, had it wasn't necessarily a hundred percent, you know, for about half the series. It could have easily, the Warriors could have easily been down three games to one. So it's not like the Warriors have not had sort of the, some of their own trials and tribulations throughout the course of their march uh, to this NBA Finals. I mean, they they've had you know, some times that have made them tougher as well. But you're talking about a championship team, the core of that team still there. Uh, when you're talking about Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, you're talking about Green, and then even Looney. I mean, I look at Looney. Looney's been big for the Warriors throughout the course of these playoffs for the Warriors. So you talk about the three plus one still from the 2019 or even the run, not even the 19, but the runs that the Warriors made, but that's hard to overcome if you're the Celtics. That's why I have the Warriors winning this in six games. Um, I think that the Celtics have the ability to get it done. We've seen what the Celtics can do defensively and the old adage that defense wins championships, for me, just doesn't fly when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors, you're talking about two prolific shooters. You're talking about, um, uh, uh, you're talking about, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who is been really. I mean, we've been waiting to see this from Andrew Wiggins since he came out of Kansas in the draft several years ago. He's had shown some flashes, but this year with Golden State put it together, made the All Star team, and then. He's had a solid playoff run. You know, you talk about the bench play and how deep uh, 
the Warriors are as good as the Celtics are defensively, and they are a good offensive team as well, are the Celtics. I just don't think the Celtics have enough, not enough defense to me to be able to stop the Warriors. Now, if the Warriors miss shots, that's one thing. To be able to stop them, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, we could have said the same thing about what the Warriors were, uh, what the Celtics were able to do to Kevin Durant and the Nets. I just think and they, they play. It's just a different ball. It's just a different situation. You have a prolific player and scorer in Kevin Durant, but then you also have on the other side uh, a, a Golden State team that is more of a team than is the Nets. So it's a different scenario for the Celtics. I like the grittiness of the defense. Obviously, I, I really like Jason Tatum. I, 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 you know, he's becoming more consistent, not as consistent as I would like to see from him, but he's definitely becoming more consistent. But again, I have all, I, I really do have the Warriors in six games. So when you tune to this show, Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM each week, and by the way, I am your host, Donald Ware. You don't tune in to hear me talk about a lot of pro sports. After all, it is ESPNU, but we like to give you a mixture of conversation. So our guests joining us today on the program, Alabama State head baseball coach, Coach Jose Vasquez going to join us on the program. Also, Coppin State head baseball coach, Sermon Reed going to join us as well. Alabama State winning its first SWAC tournament championship under Jose Vasquez, as well as Coppin State winning its first MEAC tournament championship under Sherman Reed. So we're going to talk with both of those gentlemen today on the program. Both are playing games in respective tournaments. So Coppin State's in the Greenville, North Carolina regional with ECU and Alabama State's in the Knoxville regional with Tennessee. Let's step aside, take a break, come back. We're going to be joined by Alabama State head baseball coach Jose Vasquez. More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. 
Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 888-789-5043. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. The Alabama State Hornets going to see some postseason baseball action after winning the SWAC tournament championship. As a matter of fact, didn't lose a single game in the tournament. The Hornets are in the Knoxville Regional and, as a matter of fact, on tonight are taking on Tennessee in his sixth season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State is Jose Vasquez, who joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Vasquez, I know we just talked to you a couple of weeks ago, but man, uh, congratulations to you and the Hornets on winning that SWAC championship. Well, th- th- thank you. Thank you. That definitely we're, needless to say, we're extremely, you know, excited, happy to be in, to be in this situation. Um, our guys, you know, uh, work really hard and, uh, as a, as their leader, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, you know, really passionate about what we were able to do and the way that we competed and the, in our conference tournament and, and very happy that we once again get to represent our university in our NCAA regional. You know, I, I can look at this over the – you can look at the SWAC tournament. Maybe – I mean, you could argue maybe over the last 10 years or so in the SWAC tournament that the team that is favored or the couple of teams that are favored don't win it. And, I mean, I, w- I would have to say you were the favorite – coming in although you hit a little bit of a bump in the road going back a couple of weeks ago against Florida A&M so just speak about the SWAC tournament winning that and the, the reason I felt that because of the way in which you won that Texas Southern game in the first game of the SWAC tournament to me it felt like it was something different about your team and being able to win the SWAC tournament championship this year well, uh, I know exactly what you mean. I think uh, it's really a testament of how our conference has, has gotten better and everybody's working really hard and their programs are, are uh, continuing to to just put a, a better product every year. So it, it wasn't easy if you look at the back at our scores. Um, as far as the entire tournament, you know, we went a, a one-run ball game on the first night and then we come back and actually had to win another one-run ball game against the Phil Cookman. And then we had to come back and face Bethune Cookman again, and we needed a complete game uh, from Austin King. And then we end up winning a, a one-run ball game also to win the championship. So you know, we we um we took it uh, literally one pitch at a time. I know that's the old cliche, but our guys understood that that's what it it needed to be. It needed to be that way in order for us to to concentrate in that particular game that we had in front of us, and then move on to the next one. Uh, when we were done with with that game, but you know, once again, I think it goes back to how competitive our league is, not only in the East but the West, and and uh, you know how good of a, a baseball is being played in our in our conference as well. No, it's a great point, man. I think if you look at it, when we talk with you, I guess it's been about three weeks ago now or so. You had the series 
against Florida A&M. And, and I, know, I know you looked at Florida A&M like you look at all of your opponents, and particularly the SWAC opponents. I mean, you respect them. The fact of the matter is, however, you had beaten them four times uh, prior to that. They swept you uh, in that particular series in Tallahassee. Can you speak to your team bouncing back how important it was to win those three games or to sweep uh, Mississippi Valley State? But in between... Fam, you and Valley, you had the 11 inning loss to UAB, which even though it was a loss, I mean, I mean, you know, you you, you took those guys to the wire on the road. Well, you know what, you're, you're absolutely right. We one thing that we um, made a point, you know, with 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 our with our team is to be able to concentrate and what we have uh, in front of us. You know, and sometimes you. Yeah, you, the the goal is to win the weekend, but you have to be able to compete in those games and those meet midweek games. And obviously, for us, uh, we have great competition in those midweek games. You know that uh, that series against uh, going back to, to to your question, you know that series against Florida A and M obviously was a tough series. Uh, we did have a few guys that, that did not go with us because of injuries, including our catcher Hunter May and our main reliever, you know Peyton Harris. And no excuses, you know, fam. You had a, they had a very good team. They're definitely Friday and Saturday guy are guys that could that could pitch for anybody in the nation, and they played us really tough. And you know, we just couldn't weren't able to to come out of that uh, that weekend with a, with a victory. Close games, you know, but we just uh, we weren't able to pull it off. But I, you know, those are those are things that that when you look back, you know, at the time you get a little upset, but when you look back, you, you're happy and then you understand that your team has to go through some adversity. You know, we, on to this point, that point, we were, we were won, either we won or swept, um, you know, uh, we got on a roll and we, we played good baseball as far as winning series. And then we got in there and you basically understand that, that how good you need to be every weekend in and, 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 and out. So you'll be able to win the series, and you know that was the only series that uh, the, the, to the second series that we didn't win, you know. But the first one that we lost was against Bethune Cookman early in the year. After that, we went on a roll and and and, and played good baseball until facing a very good fan new team. But once again, uh, sometimes, like I said, looking back at it now, I'm glad that and uh, not that we lost, but I'm glad that we faced that adversity and it took us to the draw, back to the drawing board and and make sure that, that we concentrated on the things that we needed to do because every weekend was a, really a, a, an experience and where we needed to understand that when we got to tournament time, a lot of things could happen. So I think we learned from all the – definitely you. it's true that you learn from all your losses more than you learn from your win. Jose Vasquez in his sixth season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State joins us here on Box to Row. The Hornets are the – of course, SWAC tournament champions and are playing in the Knoxville Regional. You've been on plenty of championship teams. You've been on a championship. You've been on plenty of championship teams as a as an assistant coach. You've been uh, I would I would venture to say you've been on championship teams as a player at Bethune Cookman. There's one time Bethune Cookman is dominating the MEAC. But what does it mean to you to? be a champion as the head baseball coach at Alabama State. Of course, this is your first championship as a head coach. It means uh, it means the world to me. You know, uh, once I, be, once I became a head coach, you know, obviously there's some, uh, out of all the things that I learned, there are some 
there were some things that I wanted to, to uh, you know, to do as far as the philosophy and, 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 and the way that we play the game and just to, to uh, see, you know, that uh, some of those things are worked out and, and actually turned out into winning a championship makes me very proud. You know, it makes my, uh, makes me proud of not only, you know, our, our university, our staff, but, you know, my assistant coaches and all the hard work that we put in, in and out to, to continue to, you know, to put a good product out there. So, uh, it, it means a lot to me, something that I don't take lightly, and, and I'm definitely going to enjoy every minute of of uh, being able to go into a regional. And, you know, now it's time to just give it a go and uh, try to shock the world, you know, with facing Tennessee on Friday. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned going out and trying to shock the world, uh, which, is, which, is, which is interesting. I mean, you're in a tough regional. I mean, you've got, you know, obviously Tennessee – Friday, Georgia Tech's in the regional. Campbell's got an excellent baseball program, uh, is is in the regional um, as well. But, I mean, you've been on, you know, you've been a part of some teams. Like, you've got the experience. You've been on some teams that have, you know, made some noise in some of these regionals. How do you draw from some of those experiences where you've been on some of those teams and, you know, try to, implement, uh, try to you know, uh, talk to your players about what it takes to, in your words, shock the world? I think the the main thing and, and, and what we've been trying to, to cover a little bit is is uh trying to understand what how the atmosphere and, and, and everything is gonna be as we get there. You know, baseball is baseball and and obviously at the end of the day they they gotta they're gonna throw the ball, we're gonna try to hit it, they, we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna throw the ball, they're gonna try to hit it, we gotta make plays. So baseball is baseball. I think the, the not that I'm concerned, but one thing that I'm looking forward to see my guys react is trying to prepare them for, you know, for the 10,000, 12,000, I don't know, 15,000 people that might be in attendance. You know, we don't play too many games with that kind of attendance. And, you know, even though we play some teams in the midweek that have maybe three, four uh, thousand people, but it's very hard to simulate you know, that atmosphere uh, of to where we're going to go here in Tennessee and where, you know, people are definitely uh, rooting, you know, are going to be rooting really hard for the, for the club. So I think that once, the, the sooner that we're able to, to move on from, from, you know, from that and, and see that, that at the end of the day, it's just baseball and it's, it's you against the opponent and, and you just got to play the game. I think that our chances, you know, uh, obviously will be better. Um, if we if we can see it that way, you know, I got I got a, a group of uh, seniors and some leadership that, you know, that uh, in my opinion shouldn't be overwhelmed by the situation, and I'm just looking forward to seeing them perform and and showing the world what we can do on the baseball field. Jose Vasquez, head baseball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on the program. A couple of more thoughts. I, I got to take you back. Like I got to take you back to the tournament, specifically the game. Because uh, it was th- actually the first championship game, because you you were undefeated, and you beat Southern six to five in fourteen innings, and that's what I'm talking about with the SWAC. Like Southern, it was sort of down this year, right? And it makes it to the SWAC championship game. Um, take us through that last inning in the fourteenth. Not only the fourteenth, Corey King, of course, hitter of the year, player of the year, comes through when you need him with the RBI to put you up one. But then you had two on base with only one out, and you end the game by get by turning a double play. You know what? We uh, I'll answer it this way. Every time we we went prior to obviously facing them, we went to see uh, all the games that were being played while while we're not playing. 
and I saw Southern uh, basically the entire time and just uh, saw how resilient they were, you know, just coming from behind uh, on every single game, somebody scoring on them, and then they came back and just, you know, score or took the lead. They beat uh, FAMU on a walk-off after FAMU took a, uh, basically the lead on them. So, I mean, I saw that as a team, and, I, you know, kudos to, to Coach Crenshaw that that basically was not going to give up. And, you know, we felt that we were, uh, when it comes to that mentality, very similar. And that's one thing that I was like, you know, how are we going to find a way to close this out? One thing that I can tell you is the way that we manage it when it, when it came to the, to the pitching side is just giving the ball to our upperclassmen. And I was, you know, willing to basically live or die with, with them on the mound. So if you look back at the, the game, you know, we started with the freshmen. And then I went to Peyton Harris, a senior. Then I went to Brian Fuller, another senior. And then eventually to Osvaldo Mendes, and where he was able to just continue to, to throw strikes and, and, and get us out of that, out of a couple of uh, games that we had. You know, looking back and the way we ended the game, it was, uh, in my opinion, uh, not a unique or normal way to end the game. Left-handed bat, we still... Uh, basically covering the line for no doubles, men on first and second. The guy, you know, puts a defensive swing on the on the baseball. My third baseman is right there. He steps on the bag, throws the first double play, and we're champs. So, I mean, it's just, uh, once again, it wasn't uh, good on my heart as far as, uh, you know, all the ups <laughs> and downs that we had throughout the game. But then again, we, you know, we uh, we showed that, that we wanted to win. I know that obviously they wanted to win as well, but we, we never gave up. And there were some situations in there that was, you know, that was tough. It was tough to even think about, um, you know, are we going to be able to get out of this one? And we just kept fighting and, you know, not being the home team, obviously we needed to score some runs and come back and get some outs. But once again, we gave, we gave the baseball to, to our seniors. Brian Puller was outstanding, kept us in the game, even though there was a couple of situations there when they had like bases loaded and, and nobody out, and we we got out of it. And then uh, Osvaldo Mendez just closing it out at the end. It, it was huge. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm still uh, I can tell you this. I've seen that video uh, of the double play probably a, a close to 150 times. <laughs> just, you know, just, a, just seeing it, you know, because you're in the moment, and obviously it happens in front of you, and and then after that, there's so many things going on once you, you know, once you're able to celebrate. But, you know, looking back, I've definitely been able to enjoy and see the, the you know, the decisions that we made, how they pan out for, for benefit. And then, Corey, Kim, and just this, I mean, listen, you, you a lot of players had a hand in this, right? But, I mean, just to single out Corey King because he's SWAC player of the year, hitter of the year, newcomer of the year, he was big for you, particularly in the last three games of the SWAC tournament. You know what? Uh, absolutely, and it, it, it's uh, it's good that you mentioned that because you can tell that uh, very first game, rightfully so, you know, he was putting too much pressure on himself, just trying to to live up to the to the expectations. And you know, had a, a meeting with him, and I said, "Hey, son, you've been doing this all year. Just just come come down, just be you." And after that, I think uh, I don't know if he was like seven for his next 13 or something like that and and obviously getting that big rbi double in the in the 14th uh, inning to take the lead uh you know just a a young man that has done everything right it's a, it's a pleasure it's been a pleasure to coach him 
an excellent student, you know, great family. So, you know, it's just good to see when when good things like that happen to, to um, you know, uh, the young men that we have that have done everything right. So, I mean, he's an excellent hitter. He he understands hitting. He works really hard, you know, with our with my associate head coach, uh, Coach Clark, Drew Clark. And, and you know, they, he's, a, he's a very smart hitter, very mature. And he had the experience, you know, because he came from uh, junior college. But when you look at what he's been able to do this year, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You know, I think uh, close to winning really the, the, the triple crown, you know, when it comes to home runs, RBIs, and all of that stuff. I mean, it was just – it was just an unbelievable season for him. And then lastly, what is it going to take? I mean, Tennessee obviously is hosting the regional. Uh, there's a reason why Tennessee is hosting the regional. Um, you know, what, what is it going to take for you to, for your club to, to go out and get the victory over the volunteers? You know, over my career, I think uh, if I go based on the experience that I have being on those games against teams that are in the top five in the nation, uh, what it takes is, is really the execution of, of what the game, when the game calls for certain things, when, it, when it's a button situation, you got to be able to get that down. Or when it's, a, you know, when it's a, a play, you got to be able to make a play. And, and you know, teams like that, uh, as, uh, as, you know, it should be the teams that are really good. Not that you have to play perfect, but you have to be pretty good because, you know, you can't give those teams too many chances. They'll definitely make you hurt, particularly at home with, with the crowd and, and the, the environment, how it's going to be. So I just want my guys to enjoy the moment. I want them to, to relax but stay at the same time intense. I want them to be themselves, and I want them to be fearless. You know, I want them to, to respect the opponent. I want, them, I want them to respect the situation, but at the same time, I want them to to be fearless when it comes to just executing what we have to execute. And, and if we're able to do those things, I really like our chances. Jose Vasquez in his sixth season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State joins us here on the program. The Hornets are in the Knoxville Regional uh, and, of course, by way of winning the SWAC Tournament Championship. Jose Vasquez, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I know I know. I tell you all the time, but thank you for everything that you do for college baseball. So, go Hornet. Appreciate you, Coach Vasquez. Up next here on the program, Coppin State head baseball coach Sherman Reed. Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. In his 11th season as the head baseball coach at Coppin State is Sherman Reed. And the Eagles, winners of the 2022 MIAC Tournament Championship on Friday. Going to take on East Carolina in the Greenville, North Carolina Regional. As we are pleased to welcome Sherman Reed, the head baseball coach at Coppin State, back here to the program. Coach Reed, it's been a couple of years. Welcome back to Box to Row. Hey, really appreciate it, Donald. Long time coming back, man. Always enjoy coming on. Absolutely. I, you know, you guys got it done. Like, you got it done. And this is, I mean, you've had to really, you know, as I mentioned, 11 seasons, less one season of uh, of COVID. But, I mean, you really had to build this program. And it, it, was, a, it was a program, quite frankly, that uh, that wasn't very good. But you've become competitive. You were the 2018 uh, MEAC Coach of the Year. 
just your thoughts on all the work you and your staff has put in in 11 seasons to finally get this MEAC tournament championship. And, and as you know, Donald, you know, the, the build a, a program with the credit, credibility we feel we are at now where some of the top talent across America are willing now to listen to the presentation and say yes to our offer just means we're doing a lot, we're doing a lot of things correctly. We've got a great coaching staff and we had some very, very, very difficult uh, years. Uh, my first two, three years were very difficult years, but I, I give credit to the administration that had patience knowing or in realizing that we had a game plan put in place that if we stayed to the plan, we would eventually not only win, but we would be able to sustain some of that, that success. And, you know, the last three or four years, we've been one of the top teams, in fact, winning this team in, in the MEAC conference uh, in regular season play from 2018 through to COVID when we got shut down. So, um, you know, we're just pleased that we were able to finally, you know, after a great 2018 season where we ran off eight and 18 and four record in conference, uh, slipped and couldn't close the uh, deal in the uh, championship tournament. And then we came back in 2019 with a equally good ball club that set the school record with wins, got to the uh, conference championship, couldn't make that one play that that means would have meant the difference in us advancing to the finals still with with, with a lot of good arm rested arms uh in the waiting so this one was especially uh satisfying in that we finally got over the hump and, and got a chance to play really good baseball when it really matters and that's the biggest stage we have up to this point and that was our conference championship of course, uh, you look at the MEAC had to get very creative. So your two opponents actually were very familiar with in the tournament uh, with Delaware State and UMES uh, or Maryland Eastern Shore. I forget what, what they're calling themselves uh, these days. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you win three out of four. Your only loss was by one run. You 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 all must have hit because you, you, you and when, when you talk about Coppin State and then playing Delaware State in the, the course of the regular season and playing Maryland Eastern Shore in the course of the regular season. I mean, you guys sort of were even, uh, yet when it counted the most, you take three or four and win the MEAC Tournament Championship. And and just, uh, um, Donald, so that the audience will, will know, we went into this season feeling like we were the team to beat, and we really proved that we were that team because we really had a wire-to-wire first-place finish uh, in the conference regular season uh, from opening the season way back mid-March going into a tough Delaware State uh, home field and winning three or four right through the final weekend of the MEAC uh, uh, conference regular season where we, we had a two-game lead going into the final final week to try to close out that wire-to-wire finish but then Mother Nature got in the way, and we canceled the uh, final four games at Norfolk because of weather issues. And while we were doing that, uh, Delaware State, give them credit, they went, went to uh, UMES, and they were able to win three straight games to take the regular season by uh, a mere eight percentage points. So 
the guys entered the tournament really feeling like they were indeed the number one seed. And there was a chip not only on their shoulders, but on the shoulders of the, uh, the uh, coaching staff as well. Um, so we go out there, and you're right. Our games with Delaware State was very close, competitive. We knew that, that if there was one team that was going to give us a battle uh, for the conference championship, from the very beginning we knew it would be Delaware State. Well-coached team, really good season, top veterans on there, an upperclassman on that team, and it proved to be true. They gave us a run for our money, man. That the voice of Sherman Reed, the head baseball coach at Coppin State. He joins us here on Box to Row. The Eagles are in the Greenville, North Carolina regional, going to take on uh, East Carolina, the host, on Friday. Again, talked about building this program uh, up. But how important was it? I mean, I, if, I, if I looked at your sort of your schedule and results, and again, it, it all matters in conference. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But you had some out-of-conference games. I think the only team that may have swept you in, in a series may have been your the opener um, to, with, I think, Cal State. But other, yeah. other than that, you won at least one game in a series. How important was that throughout the course of the season? Yeah, we opened up, Donald, at a very tough West Coast Conference uh, perennial um, uh, winners. I think Dave uh, Cal Baptist University had – uh, two out of the last three years finished first in their in their conference. So to go on the road to Riverside, California, with a still a young, relatively young team, and take the field with a very good program, and and find a way to compete. Uh, we didn't get a win, but the games were very competitive, and, and we flew back uh, east to Baltimore, feeling really good about ourselves given that that was our first opportunity really to, to display uh, to the country what we thought we could be about in 2022. So um, we played, you know, we got an early win against a real good uh, Navy team. So we, t- we, we play a really nice out-of-conference game, uh, a schedule to really get the team ready to compete in the MEAC. And this year... You know, we, we had some early uh, troubles trying to mesh as a team. But once we got going, we, you know, we were about we were as good as they come. Uh, and we really rolled off some really, really good conference wins. I think there was at one point where we had we were the only team in the conference that hadn't lost a conference. We, we either tied 2-2 in the four-game series or we outright won it. And I think we, we, we still hold that to be true today. So, you know, it was all about preparing for what's important and what's important to any collegiate team is how well you play in your conference uh, regular season. Sherman Reed, the head baseball coach at Coppin, joins us here, or Coppin State specifically, joins us here on the program. I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Hamburg because he's one of five finalists for the John Olerud Award for the best two-way player uh, and this is a kid that can get it done for you at the plate, uh, certainly, and uh, in the field. Uh, can you speak to him? As I look at as I look at the um, the all conference team, I mean, he's up there once as a starting pitcher. Very rare that you see a starting pitcher uh, who also could have made all conference. 
uh, just for his back. He should be on the, He should be on this all conference team twice. <laughs> yeah, but and you're absolutely right. In my mind, from what I hear, when they tally the votes for the Player of the Year, I think he finished by he, he finished second to a great baseball player in Trey Page from Delaware State. But he finished one point behind sweeping the big awards. That is player of the year and he did get the uh, pitcher of the year but you're right he could have been an all-team utility all-team outfielder you know the secret is is no longer a secret about Jordan Hamburg Jordan Hamburg is one of the top collegiate baseball players in the country the kid can flat out swing the bat I, I compare him to a young Ken Griffey Jr. the kid never gets beat the kids got a, a short, compact swing. Um, the kids discipline at the plate, knows the strike zone well. And all the kid does is just hit hard balls. He barrel balls up even when he doesn't have anything uh, to fall back on because they're, they're hit right at people. But this kid is a spectacular baseball player. And then you, you, you give him the ball, he goes out on the mound, and he throws 88, 90. 92 with a with great command of two secondary breaking pitches and you know the kids got the strikeout uh, single season record as just a sophomore with Coppin and we are very proud on a national uh, stage as big as the John Olderrule top two-way player in America that he's made the final cut down to five now and I think we he has a legitimate chance of winning that award and we're just so happy he'll have a chance to display that talent for the entire world uh, starting this weekend uh, at uh, East Carolina in the Greenville, uh, the uh, Greenville, North Carolina region. You know, I, I know you won't say this, but I mean, a lot of, I mean, I look at this roster. You've got, I mean, you've got guys from Arizona, California, North Carolina. I mean, you're there obviously in Baltimore. I mean, you've got guys from Pennsylvania, from Maryland. You've got guys, you know, I think I mentioned Arizona. You've got guys from all over the country. How, I mean, I would say a lot of this is you. You may not say that, but how, how are you getting, you're getting good players. Like, how are you? And again, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not trying to, to be funny. You and I have talked before. This wasn't a very good program. You've built this program. How are you getting these guys to come way from Arizona, California, to play at a tiny uh, Coppin State in Baltimore, Maryland. That is a question that's that's asked all the time, Donald. You know, a little small school on West North Avenue in West Baltimore, and when you look at the different states, states that's known for for turning out spectacular baseball players like Texas, Louisiana, Arizona, California. And we've got those kids on this on our roster, and it just goes to show how hard the coaching staff works with combing the entire country and three different countries. Um, if you look at our roster, and we have a lot of eyes on the ground looking out for Coppin State. I mean, I've got a lot of friends in the game uh, that, that rec- recommends guys to Coppin. And I think when we get guys to listen to the presentation, take a visit to the campus and see all the spectacular new buildings that's going up on campus and the facilities now we have, 
uh, to develop top baseball players right on our campus now with our 200,000 square foot uh, physical education center that's now already 12 years old. It's strange. It's almost like we were having a ribbon cutting cutting ceremony to open it. And with the uh, our turf field there that we use for practice, our indoor facilities, uh, uh, three large uh, auxiliary gyms with a huge batting cage that, that comes down from the ceiling. We have a lot to offer. And we're really proud at how well we're developing, kid, developing kids from the academic side with our now four-time recipient award uh, from the American Baseball Coaches Association that recognized the top academic baseball programs in the country, the top 15% of them. And we've gotten that award now for four years. So we're doing, doing it both on the field, off the field. And you know what? The guys trust our presentation. They trust what we're about as a coaching staff. They come, and Donald, when they come, they tend to stay. Our turnover rate is very, very small. You know, we hear a lot about the transfer portal. Uh, we just don't have a lot of guys that show up in that portal. They tend to come, and they're loyal to the program. And you know what? The fruits of their labor is, you know, we're going to our first regional. Last two thoughts, Coach Reed, and I appreciate the time. Listen, I, 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 I'm a DMVer. I went to Morgan. Like I, don't, I know and you know I that know. right now. I, I'm, I'm hearing you. I don't need to look at your resume to see that you're from Baltimore, right? I got the accent. It's all good, right? And you're a Towson guy, right? But you, you, you grew yep. up. You grew up in the city. So, so tell me what Coppin State and really means to you. Look, man, I, I grew up in West Baltimore. The first young lady that I dated, she she eventually went to Coppin, got her degree from Coppin. My baby sister, she's got her degree from Coppin. My twin brother's wife, my sister-in-law, uh, Maria, she's got her degree from Coppin. Hey, man, Coppin, the, the blue and gold goes through my veins, even though I got a little bit of gold and black from Towson <laughs> also. But 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 Coppin's paying the bills right now, and I enjoy every year going into uh, Sherholtz Field and competing against Towson and going back home, man. But it's all about my West Baltimore home team, which is Coppin State, an uh, area that I grew up and was raised at. And you know what, man? To see that name on the big board flashing and all of the hits we're getting uh, on that, on social media. It's, it's just been, like I said, this is for all of the kids that came before this current team or the teams of the last four, four or five years that's been really good. It's, this is for all the kids that grinded out with us years and in some cases decades ago when we were, as you mentioned, not a, a very good baseball program at all. And the, and the great support that we get from administration, from President Jenkins all the way down to um, our um, head administrator, Nikita, the AD, uh, Mr. Carter, man, they've supported us in a way we can't, can't help but be successful. So we're, we're just happy, man. We're just happy, and, and we're, we're just absorbing it all in, man, and, and basking in, in the sunlight. Now, it, it was a long time coming, but well-deserved. Sherman Reed, the head baseball coach at Coppin State, joins us here on the program and, of course, the Eagles, as mentioned, uh, taking on East 
Carolina in the Greenville, North Carolina Regional. Once again, Coach Reed, it's been some time. Congratulations. Good luck to you and the Eagles. Donald, always my pleasure, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope everyone follows us, and I think it's going to be a really good baseball game, and, and it's always my pleasure to be on your show. We'll be right back. ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, okay, okay. The HBCU Football Daily Podcast will make its return in July. For more information and to keep up with that over the next couple of weeks, we'll have information on the website, on our website at boxtorow.com. But this is going to be the sixth season of the HBCU Football Daily podcast, again, going to begin back up in July. I mean, football season right around the corner. Um, you know, a lot of happenings with still with, with college football, with the whole, you know, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Deion Sanders situation, which is thankfully starting to kind of quail down a little bit. But I'm, I mean, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready specifically for some HBCU football. I'm ready to rock and roll, ready for another season of HBCU football, which promises to be exciting. And hopefully, I mean, I think, you know, again, I wasn't happy with the amount of HBCU players that were drafted. More players, you're going to see it. I mean, it's about 40% of the players in the league that are HBCU guys are free agents, so why not draft them? But I think the talent pool for this upcoming season is better than it was in 2021. And so you're going to see a lot of those guys really shine on the football field. And I'm interested and excited to get the HBCU football season started. Thank you to Alabama State head baseball coach Jose Vasquez, to Coppin State head baseball coach Sherman Reed for joining us today here on the program. For more information, again, on the program, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM is produced by DW Communications.